Yes, folks, it's Thursday. It's 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray. FBI, open up! Oh, well. <laughs> um, and assuming the FBI doesn't bother us, this must be... Whoa, it didn't go. Hmm. God, I love that guitar riff. I really, really do, man. It just makes me air guitar out and no one can see me, so it's really, really good. Welcome, ladies, to another episode of FBI Open Up. I mean, Pillars of Franchising. <laughs> Everyone can tell Fred got new toys. New soundboard. Yeah, just starting to explore it. Very happy, yeah, very happy. Yeah, so that's that's it for the soundboard, right? We're, we're done now? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. We'll see. Great. Good times. Oh. Can't wait. So happy Friday Eve, Elizabeth. Welcome to Pillars of Franchising today on the, what do we have, the 27th of January. I know. 2022 is already moving on out. <laughs> well, I don't know about out, but January is for sure. So, so what do you got brewing in your uh, area of Pillars? Well, because it is the 27th, that means that Tuesday is the first, which means that the next issue of the Pillars of Franchising magazine is coming out. So we wanted to do a little bit of chatting about that because we've got some really exciting um, interviews in this this time. And we've talked some about Jackie Stiles since she's been on the show and she is our cover girl. Um, and, he, you know, she, she was, she's such an outstanding athlete and was a pioneer in basketball. And uh, if you haven't gone and watched her trailer, she's going to be, uh, they're doing a documentary on the story of her life. Uh, and there's a trailer on her website, JackieStylesSTILES.com, that really gives a great synopsis of all of the accomplishments that she had in the world of basketball and how now, not in the documentary, but now she's going to take those skills into franchising with the next gen. Right. I'll tell you, uh, franchise. had I known, had we gotten that trailer before we interviewed her two weeks ago, <laughs> I probably would have been a lot more nervous. And so I'm kind of like torn, like, am I glad I didn't see it or should I have seen it? Because I wasn't guffawing all over her because she is who she is. I was actually very kind of put together, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I didn't give her enough, you know, because she really is a phenomenal individual and done some great things. Well, you know, people throw the word legend around, but when you are someone who made a path for others, uh, forward like women in the WNBA wasn't even a thing when she was a child. That wasn't even something she, was, she wanted to play pro ball, but there was no pro league for women. So right. I think when you when you really sit back and think of the the barriers that she knocked down for women in, in that sport in particular, she, the legend is is not a whimsical word for her. She really did have a major impact on the future sport and yeah. broke records like so. And she when you watch the video. You know, she's, she's just under 5'8". And so compared to all these other women on the court, she is little. And she is oh, yeah. scoring left and right and moving around and knocking and hitting the ground. And I mean, it's just, 
really amazing to watch. Yeah, she would have ticked me off because I was always a center or forward, and she would have been able to score on me without a doubt every single time. That would have really yeah. irritated the hell out of me. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think, I think it's great. We've got a lot of information that um, we'll be talking to our listeners and viewers about, about Jackie in the weeks to come. As she goes through her journey, as David is, in opening her franchise. So there is far more to come on Jackie Styles, and it was a great, great show. I'm glad to see that she's on the cover of the magazine. Uh, we're doing this as word on the street. So what else have you got in there as kind of a sneak peek preview you can give us? Well, we've got um, a younger person, Mandy Rose, um, not quite 30, and she is taking franchising by the horns and bringing a lot of her youth and experience um, to Sports her father, who's CEO, um, bringing some fresh ideas. She's got 170,000 followers on TikTok. Um, the talk is voted true. So she's, she's an interesting age coming up in this world of social media that and she's really been able to leverage that very well to build a following so she's she's a dynamic interview and really fun to talk to we've interviewed her as well and then the third one is jane plitt we had her on um and she's the one who uh has written the story of martha and hilda harper who was pioneer franchising oh, and yeah you know to give jane her due she was very active in the women's movement in the 60s and 70s and um has been a highly accomplished in her own right and now making sure that with who were uncredited and franchising are getting their due. So awesome. it's three different perspectives and age ranges and three different um, roles in franchising that I think are really, uh, it's, it's a well-rounded issue to talk about women in this space. Awesome. Well, and I think it's very exciting for, for people in general as we go through this upcoming period of time and we talk about franchising and the great resignation and people making that shift, particularly those who are really wanting to get out of corporate America because of the lifestyle, right? And that's what we talk about a lot of times. That's why people do what they do and they make that shift. So excellent. And what yeah. day will you what day will you be uh sending out this um this email with our lovely magazine? Well the email will probably go out the second week of February, but it will be published on our website on the first. Awesome. Um which leads me to, if you would like to see it when it is available, you need to subscribe. Um, click on our contact page, and you can pick what you want to subscribe to. So if you just want to get a subscription to the magazine, all you have to do is click that dot and fill out the form, and that's what you're going to get. Um, so if you haven't already done that, make sure that you have, and that way you're not going to miss any of our news and updates in this magazine. There's also a lot of... Um, Interesting information. Kelly Kruger did a one about issues that women often have getting funding. Um, there oh. are some unique issues that women have. Uh, you know, we talked about this on a couple of different shows. I think that women were not allowed to have credit in their own names until 1988. That seems um, so crazy. Yeah, and that's that's, I mean, that's I mean, my lifetime. <laughs> I was like a senior in high school, and and you still you were not allowed with male signatures. So that's a that's a big deal, and she talks about the history of women in funding and financing, and how, how really early it is in the stages of, of women being able to have ownership of all those things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can tell you, by 1990, we all got credit because Macy got Macy's gave me a credit card right away, <laughs> and I got to figuring out what credit was all about at that store. So, uh, yeah. once they approve women and and uh, credit, let me just tell you, it took off like crazy. Mm -hmm. So. 
Excellent. Well, I thank you for sharing that. And hopefully if you all, there were some breaks in Elizabeth's connection, but you can see that at pillarsoffranchising.com as of the 1st of February. So please go on and check that out. Again, you can sign up to receive that to your inbox directly. And during today's show, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns and would like to chat with us as a team, you can give us a call at 323-580-5755. Again, the call-in number today is 323-580-5755. Hey. Ray, how are you, Ray? Hi, Karen. Good, good. Hello. Hey, how do I look in these glasses? You look like me, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to, uh, you kind of look like Harry Carey with a ball hat on. Oh, okay. Because I, I was trying to look as smart as you. As smart as me. Trust me, you're not as smart as me. <laughs> you're way smarter than me. I just wear this jacket so I look smart. And actually, the glasses have nothing to do with me being smart. It has to oh. do with me turning 50 because I can't see. <laughs> and I'm wearing the cheaters on top of contacts. So if that tells you anything, it has nothing to do with smarts. It just has to do with being blind. Well, so, I'm, I'm glad you're wearing your glasses because I want you to, to make sure you understand where I've been and, <laughs> and yeah. see all these wonderful places that uh, uh, a person who is uh, retiring can, can go to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I just, so um, I know what you really want me to talk about is how you sent me a very lovely photo of you and your wife laying in your lounge chairs. <laughs> Sorry for the dog. Oh, they're part of the show. Yeah, that's the uh, downfall. <laughs> so I apologize about that. Uh, anyway, the, the picture that you sent to me was lovely because all it was were four legs, four feet sand and the ocean yep. <laughs> and you know as if i didn't know who that was <laughs> your, your, your favorite place <laughs> it is my favorite place hey so uh karen you're doing well today i am and, and i'm a little jealous because you and i are stuck here in chicago in the really cold weather yeah yeah, yeah that's 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 me that's just just downright me yeah i think i got those on the negative like 20 degrees yeah. oh yeah, it's, yeah, day. Yeah. yeah so hey so today you know we had the um the very disappointing um uh disappointing news that our scheduled guests have had um an unforeseen circumstance so they couldn't be with us today but we're going to talk today a little bit about some of the things that um, I'll call them franchising mishaps and things that you really have to make sure that you do as you begin the journey into franchising. Some of the things that you just can't skip in that whole process. And Ray, I don't know, it's been a long time since we bought our businesses. You think you remember all of those? Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> what do you think was one of the biggest pieces of advice that you could give to somebody? You know, one of the pillars is to, to have, uh, a, two, maybe two and a half times what the franchisor recommends you should have. Yeah. But I, I want to qualify that a little bit. Okay. It, it really depends on your tenacity. And when we say that you should have that, we really mean you should have that available to you some way. It doesn't necessarily mean you have that much money sitting in the bank or you have, you know, in your mattress, Right. But you should be thinking about where you get that money and, and 
at least, at the very least, to have it in your mind where you can get that money. And it depends on your tenacity and it depends on your perseverance, how far you want to go. I mean, it could be simply asking mom and dad, or do you want to go as far as standing on a street corner with a sign saying, I need money for my business? (laughs) Just don't say what business you're buying. (laughs) So, you know, it depends on how, you know, as long as you do have that in your mind, though, you know, you're bound to succeed, but you've got to have that, at least have that in, the, in, in your mind. Where are you going to get the money if you don't have it readily available sitting in your bank account? Well, I think that when we, even when we talk about two and a half times, right, um, and, and, you know, we talk to a lot of people who are either about to start franchises, that's what they want to do, or people who own businesses and they want to become franchisors, and money is, of course, at the center of all these discussions because the world revolves around it, right, and that's what makes things um, able to be done. But when you talk about two and a half times, we're talk about a, we're, we're not just talking about your franchise fee. We're talking about the initial investment and really up until you get to break even, because really mm-hmm. until you get to break even, you're not making a paycheck. And I think that a lot of people stop sort of thinking through how long do I have to go without a paycheck? Yep. Particularly if you are the breadwinner or even if you're just supplementing the breadwinner, right? It's, mm-hmm. It can be a big draw. So, um, and I think the one thing we have to remind people is when you get ready to go into that kind of discussion, do not quit your job. If you have the option to keep your job, keep it until the funding is complete. Or because at least your spouse keeps their job. Maybe yeah. If you need to concentrate on the business, then your spouse should be able to keep their job. Sure. But like mine, right? So I worked all the way up until the week before we opened, mm-hmm. or maybe two weeks, right? The money was there. The business was ready to get going. And then I left my job because I couldn't really, I couldn't take a chance of not being approved and not getting those monies from the bank. Right. Until, right. Yeah, that's, that's a know. good point, too. You want to keep your job until you do get approved for any funds that you have pending. Right. And we've seen that happen with people who've tried to apply for funds and couldn't get them because they quit their job first. And then they had plenty of assets, but they didn't have that income coming in. So those are very important. Karen, do you have any thoughts on that from your perspective? Which is my, my perspective is, is that if you start, you know, having those issues and you get in a hole, it's really hard to climb out of it. So what mm-hmm. there, I've seen it happen. And then, even, you know, it, it affects you psychologically, business-wise, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, absolutely. There's also a couple of tidbits of advice I give you when you're looking to buy a franchise. And as we're talking about funding, you know, you want to make sure that the franchise that you're looking at is SBA approved. And it may not seem like such a big deal. And you may be looking at an emerging brand. And, and the franchisor may say, oh, that's not really such a big deal with our model. It is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because the SBA is really what controls most of the money for a new business in the States here to start up franchising. So it's very important to make sure that if you're going to take out a loan, it's far better to find one that is SBA approved. Does it mean that it has to be? No, but I would highly recommend that you do. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other thing to talk about is looking for a lending source that has multitudes of options. Right. Mm-hmm. We talked with somebody yesterday um, and lo and behold, there are ways and we've had this on the show before um, that you can fund a franchise 
whether it's your own money, whether it's like David got creative and, and got investors, whether it's borrowing from family, whether it's you know, going through a bank, the SBA has multitudes of different ways that you can receive money. And also there are ways to use your 401k that has tax advantages. So there's a lot of research, a lot of homework to do before you take the plunge. Um, and that's just one aspect of it. So um, in some of our previous episodes, if you look back in there, you'll see that we've done uh, quite a bit of uh, research and discussion on that particular topic. Um, so talking a little bit about loans, be careful if you sign a loan. It doesn't lock you into something at the end. So you can't pay it off all at once or, or, or something like that. So be careful of that. You know, maybe something like a balloon payment at the end, being able to change that as the yes. loan progresses is is much better if you lock your if you sign the document saying i have to keep this loan no matter what then you're you're kind of you know locking yourself out of uh, out of some better options yeah absolutely and i think the one thing um that we've learned um and a lot of people say well i don't really know why do i want to spend this kind of money uh, you know to get a lawyer to look at this stuff isn't it all pretty much boilerplate mm -hmm. a lot of it is pretty standard but there mm -hmm. are some things that you can negotiate. Matter of fact, one of the people I was talking with yesterday, what we found mm -hmm. is they had signed a deal for two locations. And within the deal that was signed, the two locations were within one year of each other. Mm. Now, most of us who've been in business before know that by the end of year one, there's a really good chance you might not be ready to pop open another brick and mortar business <laughs> already, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And there are some lending terms with SBA, if you go that route, that within that year, and I, I'm not the expert, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. It's my opinion. It's what I've heard, what we talked about yesterday with the lender. Um, you can't go back in one year and get more money from the SBA. It has to be, be I believe, two years. You have to have a cash positive business in the first business before they'll consider giving you more money. So, Make sure if you're looking, you know, a lot of people have their site set going right in right away, signing a, 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 you know, two, three package deal. We want to have, you know, two restaurants or we want to have four or the franchisor says, oh, we only sell five packs, right? You have to make sure that you're really looking at that and what is the time frame that they're having you open that second, third, that fourth location. Mm -hmm. That's something that a lawyer will identify. That's something that's a lawyer in 99% of the cases can help you change, especially right now when we're in a pandemic, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know, so, Absolutely. and obviously we've had franchise lawyers on here before as well, that I think are, are really phenomenal. So, and all of those resources that we're talking about today, whether it be um, lending sources, whether it be the lawyers, if you go to pillarsoffranchising.com and you look up our past guests on the show, mm -hmm. all of their information with their bios and things are on there. So you can look at some of the folks that we've already talked to kind of vetted on the show and they make great resources for you. Absolutely. Karen, Karen, what kinds of things, if you were to do it all over again, right, you're going to open a franchise, what are some of the things you would say that you just absolutely don't want to miss? Um, the, you know, I always go to the, I guess, a couple of thoughts. One is I always go to the people side of it. And one of the things that, that it's who you surround yourself with, it's so important as well. So many times we're focused on, we know we've got to get the right funding, right? We know we've got to make sure we're following the processes and getting all that in place. And many times it's like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, people don't focus on the, 
okay, what kind of people do I really need? Do I really want? What do I want to attract? And exactly with that opening piece, right, at that beginning, it's really important you surround yourself with those that actually really model what you want to have modeled in your franchise. Yeah, and, and part of that too, right, when you agree is identifying whether it's through uh, a personality survey, whether it's through a disc, you, you have to identify what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, what do you like and what do you not like, because there may be things that you're really good at and you want to be the front person on that, but then there are things that you either A, don't like, you can't do, you don't know how to do, or you just have no interest in that you're going to need somebody that compliments you, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree because yeah. that, you can't do everything, and so no. you. Yeah, many times we, we tend to hire in our own likeness. You know, we try to hear, hire someone like us. Now it's right. like in the values, and that's good. So mm-hmm. my values—that's a good likeness. But you're right; it's with those the skill set and making sure you're really aware of that and really uh, knowing knowing you. And I say even take your own assessment too. Take an assessment for you so you know you. Absolutely, what you want to attract. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Ray? I mean, we have this big word called validation. What does that mean to you? Validation. Well, I, I was thinking about um, what you said a little earlier about hiring a lawyer. And, you know, for the, for the various contracts that you get, the the uh, loan or, or the FDD or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think if you don't do that or you feel you can't do that, at the very least, you should know your state's laws. Because if you do that, at least you will know what the contract should have in it. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and that should protect you a little bit. But clarify with me, what do you mean by validation? So in our validation process, the first thing I did was pick up the phone and call you. <laughs> and I called JL. And I called several other owners, right? And yes. so validation is a word that you'll hear as you're looking for a franchise. And the, and the franchisor or your consultant will say, oh, yeah, no, we want you to go through this validation process with the owners. Mm-hmm. And that means reaching out to the owners of the brand or the model that you're looking to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. That, 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 I think that's critical. That, that should be one or two on the, on, on the list of things that you have to do. Uh, in my case, I believe I validated with uh, 10 total owners, five that were in business and five that had left the business. Interesting. As, as I explained on previous shows, I was thinking, oh, the five that left the business, I'm going to hear some really yeah. juicy stuff. And I was a little disappointed in that. <laughs> I didn't, you know, was, I left the business because I ran out of money. Uh, you know, it wasn't for me, you know, yeah. things like that. Well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, you don't want anybody to run out of money. What's interesting right now, you have a lot of people who are leaving the industry because they're getting ready to retire, right? And so I think that um, it's really important also that when you talk to some of these other owners, that you get a feel for what was the environment like in the heyday, right? Because we know we're mm-hmm. in a crappy financial time right now. Ever mm-hmm. since COVID, we have been. So in the good days, what did it look like? And in the bad days, what did you do to pivot? So you kind of have an idea of, the people that you're talking to, how were they really as business owners? Were they creative? What were they able to do in, in bad times? You know, I validated with a guy, and the first thing he did is he started spewing out how terrible the girls were and how they broke everything, and he had a wall of shame in his office. And I put wow. all the broken stuff up on the wall so they can see it every day when they get to work. And I said, 
wow, really? And how does that work for you? Well, they all know when I'm mad because there's another piece of, you know, whatever, whether it's China or glass or whatever, it's up on the wall. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm so glad I don't work there. You know, and so, and then another guy started complaining about how horrible customers were to deal with. And I thought, well, why are you in a customer service kind of business if you hate customers, right? And so those are things, even as you look inside yourself, to Karen's point, you got, if you don't like customers, well, let's not go into a customer facing business. We need to look to something that's maybe a little more B2B, something maybe a little, little less face-to-face even. So, um, so, so far we've talked about making sure that we seek out, uh, first of all, make sure we identify what our personality strengths and weaknesses are, right? Very, very important. And that helps somebody who is a consultant, somebody who's working with you, identify what types of brands are really best suited for what you're telling us. The other thing is, what is your long-term goal? What kind of lifestyle are you looking for? You know, if you're a busy mom with three kids, three dogs, you don't want a nights and weekends 24-7 kind of business, right? Mm-hmm. So those are things that are really important to have as discussion points as you go through the process. We talked about counting your money, making sure that you understand how much money you have and where you're going to go get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that we seek out franchise lenders, make sure your, your brand is SBA approved. And we talked about hiring a lawyer. I think that's very, very important to make sure that you're covered. And also talking to the franchisees as part of your um, validation process. Now, these are not even close to all of the things you're going to need to know. (laughs) But for today's segment, we're pretty important. All those things are important. They're in the the top tier. They are. That is an accountant. And an accountant as well, right? You can't go without them. Absolutely. People always, people always go, oh my God, I don't want to spend the money for a lawyer. Oh, an accountant. Do I really need one? I can, I can balance my checkbook. <laughs> you need one. You need one. They help keep you out of trouble and yeah. they help keep you out of jail, you know? <laughs> That's so important. Please, it, it is. And if you're looking for more information on some of these tips and tricks and, and mishaps that, that we find people stumble on along the way in the, in the, um, process of buying a franchise, please check out some of the other episodes that we have published on our Pillars of Franchising page. And every week you can find us again here where we talk about all things franchising on mm-hmm. Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, right here where you found us today. And, and we've talked about all those things on all our past shows and everything yeah. is available to you for, you know, as help from us, get on the show, I mean, get on the site and, and, and ask and, and it's available to you. Or call 323-580-5755. All right, Fred, are we going to pay the bills today? Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y 
dot com. Jerry. <laughs> Kristen, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. You know, I didn't want to pull an Elizabeth, so I took myself off mute. And then you said maybe uh, Fred wouldn't follow the schedule, and I giggled, and then I looked up, and I was off mute, and I'm like, geez, what? how professional is that, you know? And was I right? You were right. Um, I just didn't know it. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You're out there being a road warrior once again. I'm in Minneapolis at the Great Clips uh, franchisee board meetings, awesome. which I'm a part of. And uh, you guys were talking about uh, being cold in Chicago. I mean, it, it's, I saw a dog frozen to a uh, fire hydrant out here a little while ago. So it's cold. Suddenly I see a far side cartoon coming out. <laughs> I'm like, darn, we got to move, you know. Well, you guys did a great job on that first part, man. I'm just going to tap out, let you take it from here, and we're good, right? Uh, I don't really think so, no. That wasn't my plan. I don't have any notes on that at all. <laughs> Plus, well, I'm we're back today to talk about the third chapter in the book, Kristen. Yeah, and you know what? It kind of dovetails into what we were talking about. certainly does. Um, you know, the, the, the genesis of this chapter, the third chapter, is preparing for the hunt, looking for a franchise for yourself making the right decisions. Uh, we hear stories every day, every day of people that put, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars on the, on the line for a franchise that they spent very little time validating, as you guys were just talking about, not mm -hmm. much time researching. In far too many cases, it's not a match for them uh, for a lot of different reasons. Maybe the franchisor doesn't have enough support. Maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, maybe you aren't prepared to do it. There's a lot of different things, but suddenly you find yourself potentially losing your life savings and having to start all over again. So uh, I felt it was important to make that a part of this book, Kristen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I always, I always say to you guys and, and to everyone else, I hate the, the phrase people use about um, that I sell franchises or somebody was sold a franchise because that connotation to me I'm not buying a car. I'm investing in my future, right? And so the whole selling of anything or buying something like that, when you're talking about your entire future, is very sends well, shivers in my spine. And you know, and yet it happens. In fact, yeah. one of the lines at the beginning of this chapter says, "Don't let your franchisee choose you, mm -hmm. because it's up to you to choose which franchise or franchise or choose you." It's yep. up to you. The bottom line is. You know, the people in, in the franchise process at heart are salespeople. It doesn't make any difference who you talk to, but there is a, an amount of sales process that goes into that. You have good ones and you have bad ones, just like all across the board. And if you are a, are a neophyte, if you're a beginner at researching this and you happen to choose the wrong one, there's many things you don't know. Um, you know, we heard a story recently of somebody who had did a lot of money in building a franchise and got... Uh, to the point where it wasn't even completely built out yet, and they ran out of money. And the fact is, um, they weren't prepared. They didn't, um, for some reason, didn't understand how much money it was going to take or what mm -hmm. borrowing capacity they needed or something like that. And, you know, I just, uh, I was on, a, on stage yesterday with the president of the uh, International Franchise Association, and we were presenting on how we've got to continue to improve the image of franchising by educating people so they make the right decision because yes. 
any time they make a wrong decision, it doesn't have to be anybody's fault. It just yep. is what it is, but it still brings down franchising overall. It does. And there are so many, so many tools that could be used. But I think people get in a hurry, right? They're like, oh, I want to quit my job on this date, so I need my business to be open by this date. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, emotions get involved. You get partway through the process, and suddenly you think you know it all, and you just want to do it and get going, and, and you lose track. So I'll tell a little bit of the story of this chapter, Kristen, and then yes. you know, we can talk in detail about some of it. But you know, this may be the biggest decision these people are going to make in their entire life whoever's investing in it could be one of the biggest decisions that they ever make. Now, a little bit of my story, I was in corporate America. I was a firefighter, meaning I'd get hired by somebody to clean up their company for a couple of years. And then somebody else would hire me away. And I just kept moving and putting out corporate fires. And I was really good at it. Uh, but I woke up one morning and discovered I was in my own version of Groundhog Day. You know the movie? <laughs> Groundhog Day. Today is live it sometimes. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Every day is just another version of the same day. And uh, I, I literally discovered I had made millions of dollars for other people that I might have made for myself if I had just handled it differently. So it was time to take a time out, do a reset, start over again. And that's where franchising came in. But uh, in the midst of all of that, I had decided that uh, someday I wanted to do something. So I started a process. And this is my process, and trust me, there's a really good processes out there. My book explains some of them and gives you some, to be honest with you. But <laughs> my process was before we had computers right. and the internet and all that kind of stuff. So literally, <laughs> I sat in a 1985 Nissan Sentra in parking lots on my brakes with a yep. stack of industry magazines for franchising and pens and highlighters. <laughs> and sticky notes so I could put them on tops of pages if I found an interesting option. So uh, it took a long time. And unfortunately, along that path, you know, um, life happened. Uh, we had kids. Uh, mm -hmm. We got involved in all those things. And, you know, franchising and owning my own business kind of faded into the background until we finally caught up. I don't want that to happen to other people. When the time's right, I want them right. ready to go. So, um, so here's some of the things that um, – that I want to ask our listeners, are you waiting for the next stop in the bus that's your life, the next bus stop? Are you just riding along, and when it comes to a bus stop, you stop and look around and then jump on the bus and just keep going? Because if you are, it's Groundhog Day. That's all you're going yep. to do forever is just keep doing that, right? Absolutely. And are you making the best? of what you've got? Are you taking what you've got and actually doing something with it? Are you designing your own future or are you letting other people do that for you? Yep. Um, because we find ourselves there quite often as well. And the last thing in that, I just want to know, um, in your life, are you the passenger in that car or are you the driver? Or are Good you question. taking it where you want to go? But I mean, those are simple things that many people don't think about. And if you're thinking about going into buying a franchise or starting your own business, those are critical things. Absolutely. And they shouldn't be answers that are given flippantly either, because I think some people will be like, oh, no, that's not me. Oh, no. But take a few minutes and really do a deep dive into yourself. And, and that's, yeah. again, I think where, you know, Karen referenced these personality surveys and stuff. And really be honest with yourself, because if you're not, it's not going to work. Maybe no. it works this year. Maybe it works next year. But long term, it's not going to work. Well, you know, um, 
I got to the point where my life had to change. I needed to, I needed to make a decision and I needed to move forward. And, and, you know, the fact that months and years and decades had passed was more of an irritant to me than anything else. And trust me, at this <laughs> point in my career, one of the questions I'm asked almost every time I do a presentation is, if you had to do it over again, what would you do differently? And my answer is always, I just started 20 or 25 years before I did because who knows where I'd be, right? Yep. So there's, there's five big points that I make as I work my way through this chapter. And these are, these are critical things. And I, I just want to point it back that once you make the decision to buy your franchise, once you sign on the bottom line, there is no going back. That's right. You're in. And you have two options. You can engage and jump in with both feet and make it your life to make that successful. Or you can buy into this, you know, false concept of Ikea business, you know, business in a box where you just buy it, you put a lot of money in, then you build it, and it just makes money for you, which never happens. There needs to be engagement. So there is no going back. When I interview and talk to and present to franchisees around the country, the successful ones, no matter how many units or how many brands they own, are still engaged very actively in their business. So, number one, there is no going back. And number two is almost, almost as stark, because I'm kind of in people's faces with these first couple, right? Franchising isn't for everybody. And if you start investigating this and it doesn't feel like it's your thing, get out. Yep, absolutely. Get out, because once you commit to follow a system, you paid a franchisor for a system. Once you paid for that, two things. Number one, your success depends on you following that system every day. And number two, the franchisor is not going to allow you to stray too far off. And at some point in time, by the agreement that you sign with them, they can pull your license if you're not, if you're not living up to their expectations. So do you mean, Jerry, if I'm sitting at discovery day or I'm validating with somebody and I start thinking, well, I, I don't have to do it that way. I don't have to do it that way. And you're already calculating all the things you are and aren't going to do. A franchise is probably not the right fit. It's not because you will get caught in one of those two things. I can guarantee you, you will not be successful. Secondly, I'll guarantee you, you're probably going to lose everything you're putting into this time and money. And a funny story, I sat at a discovery day with somebody that became a partner of mine in the business, and he's a brilliant man. And he, every time they would present on a specific subject, he found things wrong with it that in his brilliance, he could fix. (laughs) And he could make it better. Now, now in his defense, it was from the heart. He very well might have made it better. It might have been a great thing for everybody, but the franchisor saw warning signs. Yeah. And they, they decided not to allow him to become a part of that franchise system. And to this day, he regrets it. He understands it. He feels like he, you know, caused his own demise in that case. But if you are not getting the right vibe, let's face it, either because you're trying to recreate it or it just doesn't feel right that that's the brand for you, don't walk, run. Right. Get out of there, regroup, rethink, and then do some more investigating and decide what to do from there. Absolutely. This one's really important to me because I see it every day. Not every franchise brand is created equally. Not every franchise or is created equally. And, you know, when you're looking at a category, if you want to be in personal health, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of options in personal health. 
There's a lot of franchisors. There uh, are different price points to get into at entry levels. There's just lots of, of options. Yeah. So don't focus so much on one and lose track of the fact you have other options because, you know, the bottom line is they're not created equal. And many new and emerging franchisors struggle to give you as much support as you might need. That's so right. you have to understand if it's a new and emerging brand, you might have to do more work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's an existing one that's been around for 20 years, they've pretty much got it figured out and you follow the system and you'll be successful, but they're not created equal. You need to take that into account when you're doing your due diligence. And I think that's something, you know, when I help people match with a franchise and when I did mine, you know, you pick the category, let's say in your case, it's, you know, personal fitness or whatever, and you need to have at least three that you compare, right? And you need to look at some market research, make sure you understand what the market's telling you about that. Um, our friends at Vetted Biz have some great tools to actually, uh, you, where you can do that with their membership, which is really cool. And um, I think, you know, it's, it's just kind of like validating with another owner. The other thing was interesting, you know, when we talk to David sometimes about Buffalo Wild Wings, when you're in a new and emerging brand, you know, you may be the type of person who that's a good fit for because you want to have more of a say and maybe you meet with the founders of that franchise maybe that works for you but for the lion's share of people probably not you know david is a great example and i don't know this but he is such a powerful leadership based take charge kind of guy i can only imagine i can only imagine this my guess is when he bought his first one you know he pretty much followed the system because that's what you Mm -hmm. do and then he started discovering ways yeah. to improve on things. And then he took it back to the franchisor, <laughs> got it vetted. And before yeah. long, it became a part of their system, you know? Yeah. So that's the, the Kandanic system. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number, and we touched on it before, but be prepared to be involved. And when I tell you that, it's from beginning to end, A to Z. You've got to be involved in helping choose uh, your real estate, the place you're going to put that thing, because success or failure is going to rest on you. Uh, you don't want to let somebody else choose that for you and you don't really believe in it and then you're mm-hmm. not successful um, and you got to take it upon yourself that part of your lack of success is because of that. So involved from beginning to end, and that means choosing real estate, working with construction, you know, picking contractors, um, hiring people, uh, doing grand opening, startup, all that kind of stuff, and then being involved at whatever capacity that works best in your particular brand and for your personality going forward. But involvement is key. I will tell you, every brand I look at, their best performing franchisees are ones that no matter how big they get, how long they've been in it, how much money they made, they're still actively engaged in the business at some level. So absolutely. And you know what? These are these are near and dear to my heart because we all went through this kind of stuff when we were doing it. When I talk about this, we went through it. I coach every franchisee that I work with on doing it. I preach on it from stage when I do presentations. You'll hear the same things over and over again in some way, shape, or form. And number five, we touched on earlier when we were talking about brokers and so on, understand that when you are buying a franchise, you are being sold. There is an element of sales to it. Um, You know, the franchisors know that you have other options, that even, you know, there may be competitors in their specific field. And, you know, we can talk about Great Clips, my field, one of my fields. You know, Great Clips has supercuts and cost cutters and sport clips and a long list of them in there, right? 
And so if I'm a franchisee and I really decide I want to get into hair care and I'm interviewing with one of them and considering it, the franchisee or the broker knows that if I want to stay in hair care, uh, but this doesn't go well, I can go down the road and interview for a different model, right? So Mm -hmm. at some level, they are forced to create a little bit of a sales element to that to kind of keep you where they need to be. That's not a bad thing. They're doing their job. You need to do your job and make sure that even though you're being sold, you're asking the right questions. And by the way, in our book, we give you a list of questions to ask and things to check out. So you don't even have to think about it. You can just take some of that and go do it. I had a buddy who decided to interview as a franchisee and he took my book. He took the book and he went to that chapter and he just started reading questions. I can only imagine that franchisor hates me now. <laughs> well, that or they're going to buy the book themselves and integrate the program. I mean, learn what questions the franchisees are going to ask so they're prepared for them, right? I mean, isn't the age old rule if you can't beat them, join them? Amen. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, that's kind of a nutshell. I know we've got uh, David to get to and so on, but I, I do want to, uh, you know, reinforce that there is so much value to being prepared when you do this and understanding the systems. Don't take forever to make the decision. In other words, when I say forever, not decades like me, because you're just missing opportunities, <laughs> but take the time necessary to make a very uh, well-qualified, well-educated, well-researched decision. Understand the players, you know, Absolutely. the broker or the franchisor and you and who does what and how that works. And, you know, find people to help you through the system. But that's my two cents. And before Fred interrupts. Oh, he stole the show. <laughs> before Fred interrupts, <laughs> it is an amazing time to buy a franchise because, <laughs> once again, there's lots of money available right now. Lots of money available. Uh, people want to lend money. However, mm-hmm. interest rates are going to go up maybe three times in the near future. So. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it and you're kind of prepared, I would, uh, I would try and lock in some loans. There are, you know, your local bank may do it, but there's certainly some industry uh, lenders yeah. and third-party lenders and so on that you can interview with and so on. Great opportunity. I just met with one the other day that's looking for franchisees to invest money in, so don't miss the chance. I think, um, our, I think the future of our country, basically, is that there's going to be more and more franchise systems. I've been working with brokers. Mm-hmm. There is less real estate for, you know, um, storefront type businesses yep. now, including franchises. So, you know, now's the time to get out there and find it and get it locked in. So, yes, Fred, great time to look and into franchising. And if you need a little help, visit us at pillarsoffranchising.com because all of us as a team would be happy to help you. Absolutely. So, Thank you, Kristen. I was not going to ask, should I buy one? I was actually going to ask... Why should I buy one? But you answered that. So you've taken my two questions. So now we go into the rabbit hole. What? This is not planned. What are the top two franchise industries you like or verticals you like most now? Yeah, that is a great question, Fred. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this changes with me with time because I watch the ebb and flow of what's going on in the country what demographics look like and all those kinds of things. I think number one, number one is personal care slash health care. There's a huge demand for all of those things, all the way from, you know, gym type models. There's a cryotherapy that's really coming on strong. 
with really good revenue and good returns. Of course, you got uh, hair care. Uh, David and I are in uh, chiropractic with the joint chiropractic. Uh, those things are just exploding. There's lots of opportunities there. Number two, for me, is a surprise, and Fred will hate it. But number two for me right now is, is food. And I'll tell you why. Um, There's some great brands out there looking for good franchise uh, ease. They're offering options to buy territories or multiple licenses so you can continue to expand. Um, we interviewed one last week that's doing that, right? So mm -hmm. we've got yep. even some experience in it. And the last thing is, right now what we're seeing, uh, you know, during COVID, people got, uh, for some reason, decided drive through was the thing or, you know, pick up or delivery or something that has become a little bit of the norm in our society. And I think it's going to continue to evolve that way. So I think if you're in, uh, if you're in, uh, I won't say fast food, I'll say fast casual, maybe. I yeah. think that category of food is going to just continue to grow and expand and there's great opportunities. So that's my top two right now, Fred. So next week, remember you ask my early questions, I'll come up with a more difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you next week, Fred. Bye, Jerry. Thank you again. To Jerry Akers um, for that insightful information. He's always got a lot of good advice for our viewers. Um, this week, we want to thank two new sponsors that we are building relationships with, the Titus, Titus Center for Franchising and Franchise 247. Titus Center for Franchising is uh, at Palm Beach Atlantic University. They've got a school of franchising, a concentration in their business school that's, that's been going on for about five years. They're doing an amazing job down there, raising up this generation of, of people in franchising. Franchise 247 is based out of the UK, and they've got a uh, virtual exhibition hall. Uh, so if you need to get some exposure for your business, check them out as well. Um, up next. We're going to follow up with Karen Kimsey Sport and David Kajanik um, in their segment. So stay tuned. And if you have questions, 323-580-5755. Hey, David. Hey. How's the uh, building going in sub-zero temperatures this past week? <laughs> yeah, everything everything's moving along. So, um, you know, just a couple of things. First of all, if people weren't taking notes during Jerry's segment, they missed out. You might as well just go by the book then because you missed a really important segment that, and, and yeah. you wasted all the time. Or go back and listen to it, but I suggest buy the book. But, and highlight you know, it. I, yeah, and highlight it. <laughs> but I, I thought about this. I thought, you know, a couple of things that came out through this entire show is is some of the steps that are taken. And, and a couple of people mentioned, I think maybe even Jerry mentioned about leaving jobs too early or this or that. And I wanted to back up a little bit for some people that maybe are just catching on to this segment now is the journey that, that I'm on right now. This started over a year ago. Mm -hmm. So if you're just looking at a franchise right now, this, this, you know, we're a year into this thing. So I've got to do it right away. I think, Chris, I think you mentioned that, you know, I have to quit my job by this because I want to start this business yep. at this time. Um, it doesn't work that way. So where we are now is, is, is you know, took, a, took several months to, to narrow down the business that we wanted to, to buy, then some more vetting, then finally signing the agreement, then finding the lease, signing the lease, and et cetera. So we signed a lease in October. So think about this. This was soon to be February. It was just yesterday or, or maybe Tuesday when we decided on the contractor. 
So I want people to really think about yeah. that and put that in perspective. So we just decided on a contractor and we were planning on opening up at the end of February, beginning of March. Now that's been pushed back to April. So you have to be prepared for those types of delays. And so my wife and I were talking about earlier when we first did this 28 years ago, we quit our job because we thought we right. timed it up right. And then the contractor still delayed us three months because of their ineptness. So mm -hmm. at that point in time, to Jerry's point, we were the franchisee that was out of money when we were opening up the business. Yep. So that experience fell out again now, except now we're more prepared. So read the book, right? <laughs> so, but, but we had left our jobs. We had that timed up, but then they, it, was, it was bad. We ended up suing them and a whole bunch of stuff. But point being is this time around, these delays don't, don't affect us as much because right. while we don't like them, while we don't want them, we understand them. So now yeah. we do have a targeted opening date of, of April 1st. Let's I'll put that out there because let's see if we hit it. Right. The, the contractors sent agreement. We signed it, our contract, and they have a, a date that they're going to complete the work. And now we have to do all the other stuff, set up all the marketing, set up all the accounts. All that stuff can be churning in the background while they're building this. But again, for prospective franchisees out there, think about that timeline. Yeah. You're not in a hurry. You're not in a rush ever to, to rush into a bad situation or to quit your job. Well, and those are and, some of the things when you validate, right, David? I mean, when you validate, those are great questions to ask because a lot of people, one of the people we were talking with this week as well, um, is continuing to work, but they're running into timeline problems, mm -hmm. right? They want to be open by March 1st. It is never going to happen because now we're going back to the drawing board with some funding issues based on a, a potentially very bad loan. So, and you just don't know. So I, I think that the more prepared you are, the more information you have going into buying a franchise, stressful enough as it is, don't add additional pressure on yourself by not being prepared. Right. And I would say this, it's delicate. So when I say this, I hope people don't take it the wrong way, but don't, don't worry about the things you can't control. Right. I mean, that's going to drive you nuts. You haven't even opened up the business yet. And if you're already stressed out because <laughs> things aren't hitting your certain timeline, you're going to be a wreck by the time you open. So I can't control it. That doesn't mean I'm being lackadaisical. As I said, don't misunderstand it. I'm not being lackadaisical. We, it took us that long to find a contractor. We couldn't even find people to bid on. Right. right? right. So, so that was, that was the biggest thing, but don't, don't stress out on the things that you can't control. And then, and then just be prepared with, with everything else. And, 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 and we'll see how it goes right now. We feel really good. We have a date now that we can start working towards. Excellent. Um, which is important. And, um, and, and I think we're just better prepared now to, to, to put things in place that we have a date. Now we can work backwards. A kind of a concrete one, assuming everything goes well. Now, and the reason I say that is because let's face it. I mean, there's supply and there's shortage. There's a lot of stuff that is oh, not yeah. in a franchisee's control. Yep. So don't lose your mind, you know, control the things you can control. And it is a lot of sit and wait. So no reason to stop generating your income from your job while you're just kind of sitting and waiting for other people to do theirs while build your business. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. I think that's great Absolutely. advice. And I appreciate that. Yep. And now we have Miss Karen Kimsey Ford with Bill Carnegie. How are you today, Karen? Hello there. I'm doing great. 
Good, good. You have some more leadership stuff for us today? I do. What do we want? Yeah. Today we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about feedback, providing feedback. It's all in the whole grow. How do we grow leaders? How do we right? How do we grow our manager? And if we we can't feedback is a really important part of it. It's an important part of growing our managers, and it's an important part of growing our employees. And it's one of the things where many times we get so busy, right? Forget to do it, right? Guilty. If I ask you the question, um, hey Kristen, I'd like to provide you some feedback. You have a minute? What would you think? Well, the first thing that goes on automatically <laughs> is, okay, how long is this going to take, right? <laughs> right, right. Or, or am I in trouble? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like no. if, if you were my employee and I was your leader, I would be like, okay, how long have we got here, right? It, but the same way it would be true, right? If I worked for you and you were asking that, I would. I would absolutely assume the worst. It's yeah. so true. It's so true. And it's amazing how even what the impact of three to five minutes. Feedback that you can provide in three to five minutes, the difference you can make in someone. And I think many times when we think about feedback, we think about um, feedback is also positive. So we'd love to share some tips on positive feedback. Okay. That's where, you know, in the next time we talk, we'll talk about more of constructive feedback. But on positive feedback, so many times, um, I don't know if you've heard of Adam Grant. He's a great author. Mm-hmm. He talks about, like, building great cultures. And he, he talks about, you know, we, we all know about blind spots, right? Those are, those are blind spots or strengths that are really not strengths, they're weaknesses that we don't see, we don't want to see. And he talks about bright spots and how we actually have these bright spots in, within us. And these are really strengths that aren't visible to us. You know, many times we're all just focused on the stuff we do wrong, even internally. Right. And so many times he talks about how when we're working with people, leaders and even our coworkers, that, that if we can share some of the strengths, it really brings out the best and really highlighting those strengths, it really brings out the best in each other. Awesome. And really focusing on that. So some tips that, that, that I'd love to share, just a few tips on how you can really provide some positive feedback in a few minutes. Okay. So first of all, making sure that you're specific. It's not some throwaway, yeah, great job. Yeah, because that's really, that's not going to do anything, and, and many people don't even trust that. Right. That's kind of like asking you, how's your day, and then you keep on walking because you don't really want to know. It's just something we ask, right? Exactly. And it doesn't <laughs> sound very, this is not sincere, too, right? right? Like, okay. And it, kind of, it can actually hurt the relationship as well. And as a leader, it kind of hurts your credibility if you keep doing that. Right. Um, next is using it to manipulate, making sure that, you know, how many times as, as a leader, it's like, oh, I'm going to make sure I recognize them for this because I'm going to need something. So I want to make sure I give them some positive feedback or say something good to them. So right. to ask for something. And so try not to make, make sure you tie it together with that. That's really important. And then the last would be making sure that um, you're specific. And I have something called, it's called an error model, AI. And it's really good about being specific and making sure that you're, you're linking it, you're linking the feedback with um and making it very behavioral so they can go okay i get that and Mm -hmm. also do it again so the a is the action or behavior so for example if someone on your team did a great job they hit it out of the park with sales so the action like hey i got your report on your sales figures this weekend you exceeded your goal by 30 percent okay and then it's not just that but what's the impact the i is the impact so great contribution to our team you're now helping us meet our overall goal. Right. Very it's good. For the bigger picture, right? And then the reinforcement is because you want them to do it again. Right. 
too, right? So you nailed it. Any ideas on how you did that? So as you can see, that, that's just a few minutes. That's a few-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. Getting that feedback is a reinforcement of what they did well. And it really kind of ties in the behavior so they actually want to do it again. I think that's great because a lot of times, to your point, when we say, hey, you did a great job in sales last week, to be able to say, I see you beat your goal by 30%, they're like, oh, you really did look at it. Yeah. You really yeah. do know it's not that casual, right. how are you doing today, and you keep walking. So I think that's great. Karen, do you have any, so, so you talked about, you, you referenced Adam Grant today, but do you have any books, whether it be by him or somebody else that you might recommend our listeners maybe take a listen to or, or, or read, check out at the library, buy online? Oh my gosh, so many books I've been I know, that's lately. why I figured. Um, you know, there, there, there are a couple of people. I do like Adam Grant. I love, he has a book that I've just begun reading and it's called Think Again. Oh. And it's really about how even challenging the way we think about things, and it's kind of it's really challenging that. So it, it, it's really about he has research in it, and I love that at business leaders as business leaders he really talks about okay let's kind of stretch our minds here and let's kind of let's think again let's kind of rethink that because uh-huh. sometimes our patterns of how we think about something if we think about it differently we'll have we'll have a better a better better success in doing that. And Excellent. So, that's my favorite one now that I'm reading. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I know I always see all the books behind you on your bookshelf. Yeah. So I've always been meaning to ask you, what's the book you recommend today? Oh, I have a lot. Each week, I should probably do that now each week. Talk about the book I recommend because I love, I love, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah we'll have a little blurb in the magazine and everything. I, you know, in a, in a position like you working for Dale Carnegie, I mean, obviously, you have to stay up on things. And so having a recommendation for a book is, is something I think people would really like to like to know. So I think that's great. Again, the book you recommended was Think Again. Think uh, Again by, yeah, by Adam Grant. By Adam Grant. Thank you so much, Karen. We look forward to chatting with you again next week and hearing more about some fabulous books out there that we can listen to or read, uh, whatever method you prefer these days. I prefer to listen so I can do it on my commute. So <laughs> Thank you so much again for your help and input. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Good, thanks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 